We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Oh boy, welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. I've heard it's sweater weather, but I'm in Los Angeles where it's just sweaty weather as always. Uh, Ashley, how's the weather there? Mm, absolutely like beautiful. I have opened all my windows and I'm that crazy person on the block who is like, it's time, it's my weather time, yes. And that you, you think that's the characteristic of you that makes you crazy? I have a spreadsheet. Actually, I'll send it to you after the show. I would really be interested in seeing that because I'd love to see the progression because I know you've been keeping tabs on me for years. Oh, yeah. so it's like, I just want to see the level of crazy that I have ascended to. And the fact that I've been keeping track it. of you doesn't indicate any crazy on my part. No, not at all. You're just <laughs> monitoring my mental health. I appreciate you, bud. <laughs> oh, we we had a rule. We're not calling me. We're not calling me, bud. Um, are you a... <laughs> So it is October. Day. Are you a are you a pumpkin person and pumpkin spice and no. So so I will say the lengths of which I will go for the fall are going to a like pumpkin farm. I've enjoyed the aesthetic. Uh, something I did as a child growing up with my family in Ohio, where we would go to you this just place admitted called. That. Yeah, I did. Uh, we used to go to this place called Badger Farms and uh, it was like West Salem, Ohio. It was a tradition my grandparents started and a uh, majority of my family still goes. It's just one of those things where we're wrestling pumpkins and, you know, detangling vines from our ankles and, you know, drinking apple cider and having homemade pumpkin donuts. So that's really the the fall okay. the essence that I look forward to. So you don't I go do to Starbucks enjoy decorating and... for Halloween so you... though too. You don't go to pump uh, Starbucks and say, give me the pumpkin spice. No, I don't drink coffee. Okay. I know oh, it yeah. eludes all the alphas out there, but I do not drink coffee. We have I run on pure meat all the time. We have that just, in common, actually. Yeah. I'm just not a coffee fan and I just, it's all sugar. No disrespect to all of my, my Starbucks and coffee fans out there. It's just a lot of sugar and I don't like drinking my calories. It doesn't have to be, you know that, right? It doesn't have to be. I agree. You, you can order be. just a cup of, a cup of Joe. Cup of, cup of Joe Black, right? Like just yeah. grind to the All earth. right. People now know our <laughs> aversion to coffee. They know that it's sweater weather there and it's sweaty swamp behind weather here in <laughs> California. I could say behind, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. I got approval from super producer to say behind. We're a family show. We sometimes forget. Family. Uh, all right. We got some cool. We got some cool news coming. Money, uh, money, money, money. I don't know about that. Let's let's just let's slow your row there. So there are major changes coming to the VA. So the VA is going to be overhauling its veteran disability evaluations for mental health. So here's more from military.com. So as the VA plans to update the schedule for rating disabilities, its guide for determining how it evaluates and provides benefits for service-connected disabilities, for example, mental health conditions to include their impact on veterans' lives and abolish the 0% disability rating for any service-connected mental health diagnosis in favor of a 10% minimum, according to the notice published Tuesday by the Federal Register. For tinnitus, 
the department will get rid of the standalone rating and consider the condition a symptom of whatever underlying disease it causes. As for sleep apnea, ratings will be assessed based on their effectiveness of treatment and the condition impact on earning impairment, according to the notice. The VA hopes that by changing how they assess conditions, they will be able to ensure veterans are compensated appropriately. So ultimately, once these changes go into effect, veterans with mental health conditions will likely see higher disability ratings, but fewer will likely be able to receive compensation for other conditions such as tinnitus or sleep apnea be advised. If you are a veteran and already receiving compensation for these conditions, the department said that you will not be seeing your rating downgraded when the change kicks in. It's very important. So in the widely known, excuse me, it is widely known that the current VA disability rating system does a poor job compensating vets who lose earnings if they can't work due to service-related mental health conditions. So hopefully the VA's overhaul will vastly improve this issue. So veterans who think that their ratings should be upgraded based on the new criteria should file a claim with the VA as soon as the change takes effect. So uh, I, I think the word upgrade in that sentence is key because I would say, not that I recommend gaming the system, but they are putting in place time and space rules, which uh, imply that gaming is is uh, going to be beneficial. So get, get rated now, uh, go through a service officer. As we said before, don't try to do it on your own. As I said uh, when we were talking earlier, if you are a professor of law at Harvard University School of Law, you still do not represent yourself in court. It's a very, very dumb move. As I would say, don't try to do the claims unless it's something you do every day because you don't know the wording they're looking for. You don't know if you're filing all the proper paperwork. You don't know if you're getting gathering the evidence that they're looking for. It's not necessarily the most logical thing. It's what they're looking for. So you, you need somebody who does this every day. And I would say to do these things early and then go back to your uh, VSO and say, should I refile now under the new changes? And I think it's, I, th I think part of this is, I mean, abolishing the 0% rating for a service-connected mental health diagnosis is long overdue. Are you, you're saying it's service-connected. That dri It drives me crazy when I see 0% service-connected because English, words mean things. It's saying mm -hmm. you are 0% service-connected, meaning you're not service-connected. So uh, I'm I'm in favor of all these things. I know you work there, so you can't say anything. Um, so yeah, you can't say anything. I mean, well, what I, can I actually say, love that. I actually love that. For you. What I can say as a disclosure, I am a service connect disabled veteran, regardless of of where I work. Right, I can speak on behalf of my own experience, and I know what it's like to get that zero percent back in a in a VA you know claim letter. It's not fun. It's confusing, right? And as someone who is, you know, 70% service connect disabled, I I understand how frustrating it can be, which is why I would continue to encourage folks to get onto the American Legion website, use our service officer locator tool, 
and work with a service officer of your choosing through any of the large veteran service organizations to include us, the American Legion or whoever you're working with, whether it's Dave, VFW, AMVETS, whomever, you know, have that conversation. It, it can't hurt. Like, don't think, oh, well, I already know. Just ask the question if you need to be reevaluated, you are just go through that process and be reevaluated. You have earned those benefits, right? Like I've had the conversation before about entitlement versus eligibility. Like if you already are service connect disabled and you have a 0% rating in any of these that we've mentioned and, or have an existing rating, you don't know what you don't know. Go and speak with a veteran service representative, have your claim reevaluated, see if you are able to you know, increase your your disability, um, and obviously we would discuss the um, there will be no um, foreseeable downgrade for any of these things we discussed, but that's something you need to speak with because we can't do a cookie cutter approach to this. You are your own individual through your service time, and um, you you know yourself better. Uh, and I just I encourage people to go do it. I really do. I I mean my I know my process alone it took about three years with an appeal. It was, it was a bit time consuming, but it was well worth it. And I will tell you what, um, I highly encourage veterans to go out there and do it. I, I, I'm always displeased when I hear vets say, oh, well, you know, I'm some other veteran out there is, you know, needs it more than I No, like that's a part of your benefit. Go and get evaluated, apply for your service connect disability. If so, having service connect disability. So that's wow. what I will say for someone who, who, mentioned that she couldn't comment anything i'm uh, that's uh we uh, we you're welcome of, we got a lot of why do you keep doing that <laughs> you're welcome is that the new dc thing whatever you say you end it with you're welcome uh we I'm got doing, a lot of are comments. doing our alphas a favor I'm, I'm i'm giving them giving them the you know you say good download. morning and then say you're welcome though you say like yeah eh. i'm my own person Sometimes you're welcome you don't bud. know what you're gonna get you, oh, you're welcome oh, bud well oh O-H-I-O. Woo. All right. Yeah, I will say all the bingo words today. Let's, uh, we are going. Oh, we have a guest today. We do. Which is weird because that I sounded excited because we have a guest every time now. Uh, ever since season two, have we had a guest every day? Or I is think it so. Three? I think it's I'm just loving three. it, though. We get, we get to talk to some amazing people. What are you trying to say? Some when amazing talk, folks. When you're just talking to me. That's right. I mean, I get to talk to you all the time. Uh -huh. Kind of, I refer to you as my LA bestie. LA bestie. People are like, "Who's Jeff Daly?" I'm like, "Oh, he's my LA bestie." Oh, he's out there Which representing. She hasn't the met West anybody Coast. else. She hasn't met any other people in LA. Womp, just... womp, womp. <laughs> all right, today uh, we're we're going to be joined by Mission Roll Call Executive Cole Lyle. Cole is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. Uh, his six years of service included deployments to Afghanistan. After the military, he worked on the mental health care programs at the American Legion National Headquarters in Washington, D.C. as an advisor to senior leadership at VA and on veteran policy in the U.S. Senate. We'll be back after a quick uh, change of clothes, and we're going to talk about mission <laughs> roll call with Cole Lyle right after the break. Veterans, did you know that hearing loss and tinnitus are the top service-connected disabilities and that untreated hearing loss frequently results in social isolation and loneliness? Studies show that these issues, in turn, can lead to a host of other potential conditions. 
Staying connected with family and friends is so critical to our health as veterans. The Heroes with Hearing Loss program provided by Hamilton CapTel supports veterans who face the challenges of hearing loss by providing solutions to keep us connected. Solutions such as caption telephone allow veterans with hearing loss to listen and read what is said over the phone, making it easier than ever to connect with those who matter most in life. And now, veterans can self-certify their hearing loss to receive a Hamilton CapTel caption telephone and service at no cost. Learn more at heroeswithhearingloss.org. If you were stationed at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987, you and your family may be victims of toxic water poisoning. Cancers, birth defects, deadly illnesses have all been linked to the contaminated water. With passage of the PACT Act, the government is ready to be held accountable. You could be awarded financial compensation for your suffering, but you must act now. Get your free case review. Call True Law at 833-686-4242. That's 833-686-4242. Or visit justicecamplejeune.com slash T-A-L. All right, welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. As promised, we have another fellow Marine Corps veteran, Ura, here today, Cole Lyle, who is also, he's a Legion member at Post 8, uh, the Kenneth Nash Post 8 Hill, uh, over there on Capitol Hill with our good friend, Carol Lindemood Harlow. So shout out to her. Uh, but today it's about Cole. Cole, how are you doing? Doing great, Jeff. Thanks for uh, having me on. All right. I got that Kenneth Nash from a little research I did by asking you. So I hope you're credible so, uh, <laughs> and know what post you belong to. So today we are we're going to talk about you and what you do. I don't get to start the questions because Ashley always gets to go first, I guess. Okay, uh, Ashley. All right. I will take it away. Take it away. All right. So the first question I'd like to ask is, what is Mission Roll Call and how did it get started? Yeah, so Mission Roll Call is a national advocacy organization. Um, we have uh, over a million veterans that have opted into our text and email list. And the whole idea, right, is to um, ask questions on relevant things under consideration by either the VA or uh Congress or the White House, uh, pull those veterans and provide that information to, uh, if it's a national poll, committees of jurisdiction as they're deliberating on, on this stuff. Um, but we can also get as granular as zip codes. So sometimes we'll take trips out to veteran heavy populations in the United States. We went to LA earlier this year, um, Dallas-Fort Worth, the Florida Panhandle, um, and we, we ask how veterans feel about their local VAs. And then we feed that information back to their representatives in Congress. So it gives them a great idea as um, somebody who used to work on Capitol Hill and understands that staffers and members oftentimes deal in the abstract. Um, we also try to highlight veteran service organizations and veterans in local areas so we can make that data uh, and the experience that veterans are having in those areas stick with members of Congress. Um, our top three priorities per uh, the veterans that we speak to uh, are suicide prevention is number one, access to care and benefits, number two, and then uh, amplifying the voices of underserved 
veteran populations, traditionally underserved veteran populations. So tribal veterans, uh, veterans in rural areas, uh, female veterans, that type of stuff. So those are three pretty broad things. So as you can imagine, we can get involved in a lot of different policy areas, but that is in a nutshell what we do. Okay, that is a lot. I'm, I'm looking at the website as well. And there's just, there's a lot to dive into. And I like how you have made these these categories, right? So that way you can really tackle immediate needs. And even if, for example, one issue spreads across all demographics. So I think that's very, I love it. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Throw, I mean, toss it over to, to Jeffrey. We had something to say there, Cole. Well, I was just going to say, like, you guys, you guys know that um, the individual veteran that, that maybe goes to a local Legion post or a, a VFW post or something like that, if they have a legislative idea, it tends to get filtered, you know, at the local post level, it goes, you know, state conventions and national conventions, before it gets to um, American Legion or VFW headquarters. Uh, and they obviously have their presentations to Congress every year on their priorities. So um, there's a lot of different levels and, and layers there. So the model that, you know, we we try to give veterans is more of a direct, hey, this is this is a policy under consideration. What do you think about it? And we can get that information back to members of Congress um, within days. So that's kind of, you know, we tried to 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 work around and, and give them more direct voice in, in policymaking. Outstanding. So we're doing, you know, this month we're doing uh, suicide prevention awareness. So that's that's the the topic we're going to laser focus in on. Uh, suicide, as you probably know, affects U.S. veterans at a higher rate than the general population. How how does Mission Control assist veterans in crisis? Um. Mission Control is a great name. Uh, Mission I'm, roll I'm call. sorry, Mission Roll Call. Yeah, no, no. What is fine. wrong with uh, me today? Calling me Kenneth Nash and Mission. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, I, I really, there we're not a direct service organization, so we don't provide um, I, it, like crisis intervention. Like we don't have paid counselors on staff to to handle that stuff. Um, we look more for the long game, right? We all know that suicide, there's no one thing that we can point to and say, we need to fix this. And then veterans, you know, will take their lives at a, at a lower rate. Um, so it, it's really about kind of improving the veteran experience in the United States through um, a lot of different things. And that's why we get involved in uh, different pieces of, of uh, policy that Congress and the VA is considering, because um, we want to improve quality of life, which will hopefully lead to a reduced um, rate of veteran suicide. It's it's pretty complicated. Um, to answer your question more directly, we do have uh, partnerships with other organizations where we refer them um, to caseworkers across the across the country that can get them the help they need. But it's not necessarily just mental health help, right? Um, while while suicide can uh, somebody can be more uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, Having a mental health diagnosis uh, can increase your risk of going down that path, but you know, at their tipping point, it may just as much be acute financial stress, unemployment, relationship stress, any number of things that kind of puts them over the edge, right? So, um, the the key thing for us, right, is that the VA tends to look at suicide through the lens of mental health. 
Um, and it's frankly a very reactionary approach, right? They say, if you're in crisis, call the veteran crisis line, which people totally should if they're in crisis. Um, or if you're having thoughts of suicide, you know, we'll put you in inpatient care. Um, we'll hook you up with a psychiatrist. We'll, um, you know, give you some medications to try to reduce your symptoms, that sort of stuff. I don't really think that this situation is going to improve, the status quo is going to improve until we start trying to catch veterans more upstream uh, when not necessarily they're already having these symptoms, these mental health issues, um, but let's catch them with community organizations that are providing um, acute financial assistance or housing assistance or things like that. Um, it's, it's complicated and it's not an easy thing to try to say, yeah, let's do that and let's provide these resources. But the VA is starting to head in that direction. We've already seen, um, you know, the um, the Parker Gordon Fox grants that provide uh, grants to local community organizations that do this kind of upstream approach. Um, and historically, the VA has gone from big VA medical centers to CBOX and outpatient clinics to vet centers. And so they're, they're over time getting closer and closer to community organizations. I think that's the right approach. I think we just need to move out on it and fund it more aggressively. I do think uh, you, you mentioned it already, uh, the crisis line. So we can do a little plug for that. That's uh, 988. And if you're a veteran, you can post, you can press one. I mean, you don't have to remember that, I guess, if you don't want to, you're still going to get help with 988. Um, and uh, also, it seems like what you're describing is the same kind of evolution in, in biomedicine um, that the hospitals respond to the symptoms of the moment. That's kind of how they were designed. So I can I can see how if someone's in a, a crisis where suicide is potentially going to happen, where their job is, we have to deal with this today, and somebody else has to deal with the long term after the fact. Like even even regular hospital, they deal with you today, and then they send you to rehab. To, to physically get uh, rehabilitated, right. I right. guess is the word. Um, yeah, and, and you know, 50% of the roughly 18 million veterans in the United States don't even use VA. They're not even enrolled in VA healthcare. They don't have any interaction with the VA. Um, so the, the approach of, hey, call the crisis line or, um, you know, get mental health care help right, is it's just not going to work for 50% of the population. You have to get more creative. You have to figure out a way that you can reach those people. Some veterans may not use VA because they've heard horror stories from fellow veterans and they already have this preconceived notion in their mind that it's, you know, they don't want to use it for whatever reason. Some may have private health insurance. There can be a lot of different reasons, but the reality is if you want to tackle this problem, you have to get more creative. And that's another reason why I think the community approach is beneficial because you have organizations that have more touch points with veterans in their communities um, that are more likely to engage with those veterans before the VA does. So that's, uh, that's just another benefit to that approach. There you go. Uh, Ashley, you got something? I was just thinking about all the community touch points from a, a local state um, just to the vast number of you know medical systems and in, in each individual state or even the va and each of their visits right they're just these geographic locations and how they each 
like focus in on respectfully they the, within similar categories and groups to reach people and i think you really um summed it up nicely i think we have a responsibility to continue to be creative and how we reach and i really enjoy that uh, mission roll call um, utilizes both polls and modern technology to really reach out and, and you know tap into that veteran voice and i was looking at the website and I know that you've got some questions under your um, your poll archive uh, regarding like toxic exposure and just kind of right. seeing some of those numbers just out there right like I feel like when I'm having to look for stuff like that I either have to like dig into a website or have to dig into a VA document yeah. it kind of just gives me an idea of the realistic number of people based on your your body your community yeah. But I, I do really enjoy that it's it's just right there for people to see. Like I think one of them says, like, do you plan on submitting a disability claim for your exposure to toxic toxic substances while serving? And 71% of those that you pulled said yes. Right. Yeah. So I think for us as American Legion folks, we've got our veteran service officers that are out there that are, you know, the boots on ground that can assist with something like this and being creative and having multiple touch points in our community and looking at our posts and even our like legion departments would be a potential you know assist or solution to you know resources otherwise not tapped into by big va so absolutely I'm just kind of summarizing but I'm, I'm taking it all in i'm like a sponge today so you just have to yeah. forgive me um yeah it, it's um and for anybody that wants to opt in right that that isn't already you can go to missionrollcall.org and there's plenty of different ways that you can sign up we don't actually ask for any money we just it takes 30 seconds to sign up um we'll ask you you know if you're a veteran uh if so which branch you served in which era of service that sort of stuff so that we can um, sometimes tailor the the like if the Marine Corps was coming out with a suicide prevention yeah. policy or or whatever, right? We can we can only pull Marines or something like that. So um, it's really quick. It's really easy. Um, we have a, a large social media presence on um, all different social media channels, um, and it's it. But yeah, the polls are a huge thing that we do because you know, especially with the younger generation of veterans. Um, you see that they want to be more engaged in not only advocacy, but in their community, right? Which is why um, they're getting engaged with organizations that kind of do things in, in a more non-traditional type of way. So to your point, connection at the local level is key. You know, um, a lot of people, when they transition, they lose their uh, chain of command. They lose that support peer network uh, fairly quickly. And it takes them a while to reinvigorate those peer networks. But local uh, legion posts and um, other organizations that are on the ground it's just you know the the personal connection and the and the peer support group is just is super key i could not agree more and i'm thinking along the lines of what are some unique challenges uh you know we've talked a little bit about suicide uh prevention but what are some unique challenges for tribal and rural veterans and how does mission roll call help those particular folks? Yeah, so um, some of the unique issues is right uh, for, for both groups, uh, rural veterans and tribal veterans. Um, there are some jurisdictional issues on, on tribal lands. 
Um, uh, access to healthcare is particularly difficult for them because they have to drive long distances uh, to get to any sort of um, you know, VA medical center or outpatient clinic or things like that. Um, expanding broadband access, which Congress has tackled in the last few years, has been a big thing for them because as with the expansion of telehealth and, and video conferencing kind of appointments rapidly expanded during COVID, that was a unique access issue for them. Um, and then, you know, with, for instance, like tribal, right, there is, um, this is getting really specific, but uh, for female veterans that are on uh, tribal reservations, there are unique challenges that they have um, that relate to being a member um, of a particular tribe, right? Um, some, you know, it's no secret that um, on tribal reservations, um, sexual assault or sexual harassment, um, women, uh, for women is a, is a issue that affects them at a larger percentage than, than um, a lot of other demographic populations. So that may play into how the VA uh, provides them care. It may um, be an issue. So we have gone out to uh, different reservations in Arizona. Um, we talked to veterans. We're going to Montana um, next month. Uh, we've been to other kind of rural areas, populations in Florida, talking about the unique issues that they have. Um, I would say it's it's mainly access to care, right? And just because there are less veterans in those geographic areas, they are at higher risk of kind of isolation and not having those peer support groups. So giving them the ability to connect in other ways uh, with groups like um, with groups online, right? And maybe that's how they have their peer support group. Um, but making sure that members of Congress are continuously aware of those unique challenges that they have. And like I said, when we go out to these, these places, we do poll um, those communities about their satisfaction with, with their VAs, uh, but we also tell their stories. We've done a couple of videos um, on the reservation last year. We haven't been this year. Um, or veterans in rural areas, and we take that and we give it to members of Congress just so, you know, it's it humanizes the issues for them versus just having the data. Outstanding. Uh, so there are clearly there are different challenges for uh, different geographical areas, different demographic areas, um, and that kind of leads to your call for more community-based the smaller things. Uh, my own, my only issue with the community model so far is it's so segmenting. There's, and depending on where you live, you might be close to one that services you, but you might not. There's women veterans who are nearsighted and left-handed go here. Uh, uh, combat veterans who saw some combat, but didn't actually get shot at go here like the like the vet center you have to be a combat vet so if i have someone going through crisis at my post before i can refer them to them i have i have to start investigating if they're eligible or not because some people prefer that because it's more anonymous um as but they have to be a combat vet and i i can't send them there then that puts me in a weird position of having to investigate their service so the the, the community the community uh model 
has some advantages, but I still think we have some work to do. Uh, the whole veteran is a veteran kind of thing so that more people can take advantage of these smaller experiences versus the massive VA experience. I don't mind the massive VA experience because I got a lot of stuff wrong with me. I don't know if you know, I got a lot of baggage. And uh, so I can go there and get like three three things in, in one day, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think there are advantages and disadvantages to both. Obviously, the VA does things, um, certain things for veterans better than than community providers will just because they understand, you know, the veteran community better because that's their job, right? So, um, and I guess it depends, right? Because there are something like 46,000 VSOs registered in the United States. And, and frankly, I would say less than half of those um, probably do, you know, good, meaningful work around the country. Um, but yeah, it can be a challenge. It's like uh, um, paralysis by analysis or analysis by paralysis. I forget what it is, but you you Google things for veterans and you have to go through this list of, of, um, of potential uh, programs or resources that could benefit you. Um, and, and, and I think that's why the, the one size fits, fits all approach is, you know, it's not, it just doesn't work in different areas of the country, right? Um, VA may have the ability to, to reach a lot of veterans in Dallas, Fort Worth or LA, that campus out there is beautiful. Um, you know, or or New York or Washington, D.C., right? But um, if a veteran in Montana, it has to drive three or four hours to get to the local uh, VA or Kansas or wherever, um, there may be some community organizations that are closer to them that could that could fill whatever need that they have um, in a more timely uh, basis. I will say that generally speaking, I've had good positive experiences with with the VA in D.C., um, but you know, I still have challenges sometimes, and it's and it's the VA in our nation's capital, right? I submitted for a uh, an appointment, a mental health specialty appointment, back in uh, late April, early May, and they said the earliest that they could get me in was September. And when I kind of complained about it, um, they were like, "Oh yeah, we can hold on, we'll change it." And and it was only two weeks earlier, and then a week before the appointment time, I got a letter in the mail saying that they canceled my appointment and they didn't you know, they, they try to reschedule. And I was like, at this point, you know, it's just, can I just use community care? Right. Can I, can I go out into the community? Um, so every veterans, you know, was that approved by the way, what's that? Was that approved? The yeah, no, it was, it, okay. it was, um, but it's it, weird that you'd have to ask for it. Yeah. And that's, that's the other, there were reports, um, in the USA today, uh, late last year about how, um, you know, some VAs were not following uh, the law of the Mission Act, which is, you know, you have to refer for certain uh, six different um, six different things, uh, time and distance, obviously, uh, best medical interest of the veteran, things like that. Um, but they're not doing a great job. And frankly, that's a consequence of the VA being the largest healthcare provider in the country. And it is complicated to implement a law that big uniformly well. So you're going to have areas that do a better job than than others. Um, but the data, right, is pretty clear. VA just testified a month ago that uh, community care now accounts for one third of all their healthcare budget. Um, and more veterans have been authorized every single year than the previous year. So veterans 
are kind of voting with their feet and saying, either the VA can't give me what I need in the time I need it, or, you know, the VA care I'm getting is, is not as good as what I think I could get in the community. Um, and they're, and they're going out and using the community. So the VA came out, this is one of the, uh, poll questions we did actually, the VA came out and said, the program has been so successful that we are going to change the access standards, um, which would effectively make it harder for veterans to use care in the community at a time when they're using it at a higher rate than they ever have before. Um, and I think that that will probably lead to higher wait times and, and potentially even to, to veteran harm. Um, so we polled our membership and just said, hey, and put it in context and said, do you think that Congress should make these access standards permanent before the VA can change them? Or should we just let the VA change them? And overwhelmingly, people said Congress should make uh, the current standards permanent. So um, that was something that we got involved in recently. And I think it's, it's going to remain a topic of discussion uh, going into next year. I say unmute, Ashley. Are you chomping at the bit? Both of my animals are communicating. <laughs> I've got they want the, to join the conversation, Cole. <laughs> yeah, Kaya's Kaya's laying on the floor right behind me. So, <laughs> so you're one at my feet, the other at the stairwell, staring at me. So, Cole, your pets are well behaved. Well, Kaya's a service dog, so that's actually that's actually why I got involved in veteran advocacy in the first place back in. 2014, I had a suicide attempt and uh, uh, Marine, um, you know, intervened, but uh, I got involved because the the pills and the therapy uh, weren't helping me. So I stopped taking medication that the VA had prescribed and uh, uh, found out through a friend that service dogs were an option, but the VA didn't fund them. So I went out and paid roughly 10 grand of my own money to get Kaya and get Kaya trained. Um, and I was up in DC um, interning and uh, Senator Tillis stopped me on the street and was like, hey, what's up with the dog? And I started telling him and he said, well, what do you think we should do about it? And I said, well, you're the policymaker, you tell me, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know how this works. And uh, so we had a meeting and um, that was actually when uh, Secretary Wilkie was still working for Senator Tillis as his national security advisor. So I met with them and they said, you know, these these are kind of some options that you could pursue. So I drafted a white paper and um, a potential bill with language and shopped it around. And then it ended up getting introduced. It was called the Pause Act, the Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Members Act. Um, ended up getting introduced, didn't pass that year, but ultimately President Biden signed it last August. Um, so it makes service dogs more widely available for veterans with, with these issues, so. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's wonderful. Okay, come here. Yep. You can sit, you can sit <laughs> this is like our old bingo card that we uh, Yay. Oh we have, hi Bob. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Off. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. You even experience. even with no vest, just yeah. No, I mean point. she she typically doesn't like unless I'm obviously out and public access is a thing. She's uh she's just a normal dog around yeah. the house yeah well there that, that's a whole other topic on uh for mental health and suicide prevention awareness uh the you know the the use and benefits of uh service animals Absolutely. unfortunately we don't have time to do that today 
Uh, so right now, outside of Kenneth Nash post eight, what can Legion members and uh, others do to learn more about mission roll call, not control? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I already mentioned, just go to missionrollcall.org, uh, sign up for those text and email polls. Uh, we send them out pretty regularly. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. It takes you, you know, less than a minute to sign up. And it, and it's really valuable because the more veterans we have um, on those lists, uh, the more powerful it is when we can take the results to Capitol Hill and, and uh, people pay attention to it. And um, so do that. Um, if they, if they want to engage with us on social media, watch our content, YouTube, um, or social media channels, if they want to donate, they can donate. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's the best way uh, to get involved with us. All right. Uh, so I, uh, any last words, Ashley? I just want to say thank you for putting this, you know, giant engine together. I think that there's a lot of power in our, you know, voices right just as the american legion touts numbers i think this is just as and if not more important considering what you're trying to do as far as polling because us as american legion members like we also need that right like we are actively trying to step to a direction that meets the needs of the next generation of veterans and you are doing that cool so i just want to say thank you for your efforts and everything that you're doing for the community and i'm hope i'm hopefully i can see you around the dmv area because now that things are opening up i'm trying to go do stuff yeah it'd be nice to see people who live by me <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah no it's uh it's great i appreciate you guys having me on and um hopefully you know um see you soon next time i get out to la or, or india i'll let you guys know I'll, i gotta I'll see that easy post yeah you gotta come on down anytime uh, I know people there, so I can get you in. No password required. Uh, so again, uh, excellent work. You probably don't even know how many lives uh, that your work saves, but uh, you know we have this we have this program going called Be the One, and uh, if every one of your if every one of your contacts and your database uh, can effectively help one other person then i i think that uh your impact is going to be immeasurable um uh even if we could measure it we can measure it in real numbers but we can't measure the impact and the benefits to as we like to say community state and nation so thank you so much for being on our show bringing uh this this light of information all of your information will be put in the show notes by super producer holly who i'm sure you've met through many many emails and right before the show i was there when you met her there so i know that that happened and thank you so much for everybody else we're going to talk about cole again uh but he won't be here and we're going to do that right after the break family and community engagement the American Legion meets the unique needs of local communities. We are veterans strengthening America. We are the American Legion. And we are back. We changed into our original garb and we're here to talk about our guest. Ashley, do you have any takeaways? 
Yeah. So I really enjoy everything that Cole is, is doing. I think that in order for us to make informed decisions, we have to have data. I've, I've commonly said this, uh, in, in many facets of my life, but, you know, uh, if you, you know, an opinion is an opinion, but an opinion backed by data is a solution. Right. And I find that when we have the data, when we know what our veterans are being pulled across the country, we, as even the American Legion, right, in, in mission roll call, can make informed decisions and help guide policies that improve the lives of military families for generations to come. So I appreciate everything that Cole has done and will continue to do for our community. And I want to thank him for, you know, putting the pedal to the metal. Numbers are not everybody's thing. So <laughs> well, I do. I appreciate, I appreciate data as well. Although I, I, um, I know that data can be manipulated to make any kind of point that you want, but so data paired with an opinion makes a compelling argument. If you just throw numbers at people, don't care, don't care. Um, mm -hmm. But you do, if you have a story and a, a, a real personal narrative element added to the numbers, that's how you make a great compelling argument. I've tried it on dates though, it doesn't work. I just say, I try to give data, then I give a story about how amazing I am and that they can ask my mom and she'll, you know, she will corroborate my story and they don't seem to care about that. It's weird. All Is right. Your mom, your emergency call, like if a date's going bad. <laughs> oh, sorry, my mom's calling me. I gotta go. Well, I don't say, oh, I've been out of the Midwest for a long time. Okay. All right, Ellie Bestie, I got you. <laughs> are, are you ready? Get the guns yes. a blazing. Wait. All right. It is time. I don't know what Holly's saying. She's annoyed though. Oh, you do. Oh, yeah. You don't. There's nothing. There's no smoke to clear. All right. We are ready for today's episode. Oh, nope. Today's version of pew, 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 rapid fire. All right. I'm probably the biggest fan of Legion Town in the American Legion. And today I found a great story that I pulled from Legion Town. This is a little, I only did two rapid fires because this is a little bit longer than most of our rapid fires. Um, all right. During the pandemic, Laura, a member of the Wesley Wyman American Legion Auxiliary Unit 16 in Goffstown, New Hampshire. Thank you, by the way, Laura, for giving all of that information. That is one reason why I pick stories. I need to know who wrote it, where they come from, who you're talking about. Anyway, uh, much of the reason for her interest in pursuing this role was the company's support of veterans. She was offered a position as the Director of External Partnerships at Mobius Mobility. Mobius Mobility in Manchester, New Hampshire, are the proud inventors of the iBot personal mobile device. The iBot is a power wheelchair with abilities beyond most people's beliefs. I'm getting excited. It trudges through sand, snow, conquers curves, trail exploring, climbs stairs, and most importantly, brings the user to eye level with those around them. Mobius hired Laura to help orchestrate a tour across the USA to gift these devices to 25 VA spinal cord injury centers and 25 additional veterans. The company truly is giving freedom to those vets who need it. I'm going to skip down to currently any veteran who receives their care at the VA 
and it's prescribed one of these devices is eligible to receive it at no cost to them through the federal supply schedule. I know this tour really happened because they came to Hollywood Post 43 here in lovely Los Angeles, California. And they demonstrated this iBot thing. It's freaking awesome. It can climb stairs, a wheelchair, climb stairs. I love science. I love technology. I'm kind of a STEM nerd myself, and I appreciate this tremendously. I think it's amazing. I think it's definitely revolutionary in medical technology, and it's helping injured veterans lead full lives. I mean, it's, I don't know if you heard me. It climbs oh. stairs. I know. It's very sci-fi like. I've been reading a lot of Philip K. Dick, so I've just lately everything is just microchips and like. I don't know what you just said, but I'm going to remind you this is a PG-rated program. No, he's a sci-fi. He's literally probably I would arguably say the like the father of sci-fi. Maybe one of them. People can argue with me all day, but I I've been reading he was a lot here of to him. argue with you. I know. He probably know. would. He probably he would. would. All he right, would. so I bought. Look for it, and your look for them on tour. And look for them if uh, if you have if you have the medical history that you would benefit from this. I really think it. This is true mobility. I mean, you don't have to wait for the elevator when you go to a building. You right up them stairs. I, that's amazing. All right, are we ready? Mm -hmm. We are rapid fire number pew, pew, two. All right. New York State Commander promotes drive-by membership. For those of us, this is from the American Legion website itself. What? Ooh. What? Are we dog-fooding our news now? Um, <laughs> so in 2022-23, American Legion Department of New York Commander Dave Riley had his personal vehicle wrapped with the Legion emblem, Brandmark, and six branches of service to include Space Force. Riley added an additional feature a membership QR code. The membership QR code is on the back of the vehicle. When someone scans it, they are taken to the Department of New York's join page. All the younger veterans, uh, everything is by their phones, Riley said. They're going to scan it just to see what it is. It's the curiosity. Now they can scan the back of my car and join. No verbiage such as join now appears on the QR code. Riley did that for a reason. When veterans see the American Legion vehicle QR code, I wanted them to be curious and scan it. I wanted the curiosity of the code to get them to scan it and see what it was. They're going to scan it just to see what it is. They scan everything for information. Um, I'm wearing a Department of New York hat right now, and I'm just feeling this. And uh, I feel QR codes in California's membership future. Uh, with nothing on it. I can just see like all veterans scan here, like no mention of, like he said, don't put join now. I just want them to click it and see what it is. He he went through great lengths to say that they're going to scan it. Just see what it is, the treasure hunt. Would you scan it? Mm -hmm. She's, yeah, she's nodding, ladies. And I, I, I would. Okay. I would, yeah. That's are you I'm thinking about do, actually matter of fact, I'm thinking about doing this for my post too. Mm. I think people should just drive around with a QR code on their <laughs> the back of their no words, just see how many people scan it. 
You know what? I've seen some weird things on, I've seen some interesting stickers. I've seen, I actually took a picture of a vehicle more recently and it had student driver stickers all on the side. Like, I feel like this is a teenager who got in trouble and their parents were like, I'm just going to embarrass you and put stickers on each side of the vehicle. And like it, it was hilarious. And it was, it was definitely a young kid driving, but it was like a nicer car. So it was just, it was like that way of, it was like putting a, for our military folks, I was like putting a PT belt on a vehicle and it was a nice car. It was a nice car, but it was just these yellow student driver stickers on every side. Well, I, I was I cracking up. People do the QR code. They won't think it's a punishment though. True. I hope they think it's uh, doing great. Holly had something popped up. Holly was saying you could put them on decals or even magnets. I was actually thinking of magnet because I'm not sticking anything permanent on something that's painted. Come on now. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking everywhere we go. As a matter of fact, super producer Holly, wherever we go next, can we just have a t-shirt that's just a QR code? Nothing else. Well, no, mm. maybe just a Tango Alpha Lima and then. And they won't QR know why. Code? Yeah, they don't know why what they're gonna get. Can and we maybe... put your face and the QR code around it? Can we do that? Like one of Ashley and Jeff, that would be really cool. I would have a lot of fun with that. I, I, I have uh, very uh, others. Either or, I don't know. We could figure so, it out. We could put Team Jeff just... and Team Ashley, and we could we could be at convention next year, and we could see how many people like tally in for us. That would be fun. Like a You'd vote? have to find us. Like a vote, yeah. We could, I don't know, do some fun prizes. I don't know. Let's look at, look at creative. We got time. All right. All right the QR codes. Convention, here we come. We'll the see QR codes soon. are. Go on. No, I'm just going to, because you do this pause and then I think it's okay to talk. And then you. You should know better. No, yield to oncoming traffic is all <laughs> I'm going to say. Uh, so thanks to Department of Commander, uh, Department of New York Commander Dave Riley for this uh, great idea. I'm probably not going to wrap my whole video. I mean, my whole video. I'm not going to wrap my whole vehicle, but I am looking at this QR code on a magnet thing. I think it could be done. And you may see Tango Alpha Lima in a QR code t-shirt. That mm -hmm. would be fun. All right. Ooh, I have, uh, I have one something. More thing? I okay. have one. Okay. So I know that you only put two rapid fires in, but I have a really quick rapid fire that I think is worth mentioning spontaneity so is this your shout out this is a shout out for uh virginia post 139 who uh has basically or so let me let me digress a new home for american legion post 139 in arlington virginia also means new housing opportunities for veterans in the community so post 139 is now located on the first floor of a seven-story lucille and bruce ty wilger pal or place, which also includes 162 to three bedroom rental units, meeting rooms, and council counseling office, as well as an outdoor recreation space. The grand opening for the building, which already houses some residents, took place on September 23rd. Uh, guest speakers at the grand opening included the VA secretary, and 50% of the building is veteran housing, said Post 139 Commander Bob Romero. So in addition, a good friend of mine, Robert Davis, who's also my personal trainer, is a tenant and resident at this facility and got to speak and was selected to speak. He used to work at Hillvets and he's done a lot of stuff on Capitol Hill. And he 
gave a very emotionally uh, charged uh, speech about how important this housing was. And I wanted to just give a shout out to uh, Post 139, who has innovatively looked at the Arlington Partnership for Affordable Housing and bought this one point that bought the 1.4 acre property in 2016 for about $9 million. Like there's this whole crazy partnership going on and it just speaks volumes about what the American Legion can do to partner with our community and also provide critical uh, services and need based housing and other assorted items for our veterans. So I just wanted to shout that out. Um, I know that there's an article on our, our website specifically talking about a new home for VA post 139, a new home for at-risk veterans. So, and that's as of uh, September 27th. So I encourage folks to go check it out and get in touch with that post for a really nice, you know, blueprint of how to do that in your community. Well, I was going to ask you for uh, final thoughts and shout outs. But, uh, there it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. You already did it because you thought I'd forget you. Of course. How can I forget you, bud? All right, no, no, bud. <laughs> All the buds. Whoop. All right, so well, right now I would normally say what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing it on purpose now. I can't help myself. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you like the interrupting, please uh, let us know at tangoalpha at legion.org. Anyway, so I was gonna say final thoughts and shout outs. Oh, done. All right, done. can you? We're done with that. Can you take us out? Of course. So do not forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are consuming your podcasts. Please leave us a review and give us a big old five-star rating so the world knows how much you adore us. Yay. And if you really want to see Jeff and I with QR codes and tally marks, we're totally down for that. I just need it in writing. Thank you. But be sure to tell everyone you know about the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. Don't be alone, Alpha on the block. Alphas, you're better as a pack. Ain't that the fact? Look what? See, look at that. I'm rhyming. I got a lot of energy today. I'm feeling good. Alphas, where you at? Like, let's go. Okay, I'm done. This Jeff stares at me blankly. <laughs> Holly, I'm, super producer Holly is cracking up. I am I'm, on uh, one today. I'm just in a bit of shock right now but alphas you know that you are not part of the pack you lead the pack so go ahead and uh spread the word out there get people around do the thing and you All know things i would never say that uh unless holly writes it and i accidentally read it like she did one time she pranked me and wrote all the things in the copy and i just read it <sighs> it was a dark day it was a dark day, but Alphas, you were out there. You brighten my day. You brighten my week. You brighten my month. You brighten my year and you brighten oh. this project that we are doing here. And with that, I'm going to declare season three, episode one, two, eight mission complete. Oh.